What if you could learn from physical product entrepreneurs that have risen up from the trenches to dominating their market by creating successful physical product brands? Well, this podcast is hosted by me, Kunay Campbell, and it's about breaking the mold to becoming a smarter, savvier, and better product entrepreneur. You discover how to take physical products from concept through launch and to scaling up from physical product entrepreneurs who've taken their revolutionary ideas to 1 million, 10 million, and 50 million plus in revenue businesses. You'll also join me on my journey to build a million dollar physical product brand business in a year, where we both will learn about crowdfunding, selling to retail chains, launching through marketplaces like Amazon, strategic partnerships, publicity, celebrity endorsements, and selling direct to consumers. So if you're creating or building a brand in the consumer packaged goods space, in fashion and apparel, business products, or any physical product niche, listen in because we have you covered. Join the fast track to physical product business success. This is the Physical Product Business Podcast. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. With retail moving online, finding a good domain name has become ever so important. But the challenge is that most decent.com addresses are either difficult to acquire or unavailable. The good news is that retailers now have a powerful alternative with the .store domain name. A .store domain name will be short, relevant, and directly associate your site with e-commerce and retail. Search engines give .store domains the equal attention and importance as .com TLDs. .store domains have already been adapted by top brands such as Emirates. So if you check out Emirates.store, you get to a store there. Jimi Hendrix, so Jimi Hendrix.store and F1 Formula One, F1.store. If you want a short and snappy domain name for your retail brand or your online store, you can now get a .store domain for just £4.99, which is about $6.99 using the coupon code 2XSTORE. That's 2XSTORE on get.store. Just go to get.store in your search engines and use 2XSTORE. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. It is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Clavio in my e-commerce store and in stores I advise for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as Brooklyn Inn, Bonobos and Chobis use Clavio. Here's why. Clavio has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's Pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audiences integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So as you continue to scale up your store, Clavio will help automate a lot more sales. Try Clavio today on Clavio.com, spelt K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Hi guys, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. This is the sister show with the physical product business podcast show. And um, on this episode is quite special. Um, if for our regular listeners back in episode two of the physical product business podcast, I had a chap by the name of Scott Gabrielson, who was a founder of Oliver Cable, one of the most downloaded episodes on, um, on this show. Um, a lot of you found 
what he said quite interesting his perspective his fresh perspective on transparent pricing in e-commerce in retail um you know quite refreshing and uh, for some reason i'm seeing loads and i'd been seeing and i still see loads and loads of downloads of that particular episode well um he has news for us on this episode not only that um the company his company oliver cable is progressing quite nicely um better than where he was the last time even with the success he had you know um you know managed to to garner at the time and on today's episode i have him again this is actually my first um repeat um guest on on the show and i'm really super excited to, to have scott on the show welcome scott Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, before we start, what have you been up to? It's quite an open-ended question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things, primarily two things. One is that we just closed a, a pretty substantial amount of business in the last Well, congratulations. Well. Okay. Okay. So you started out with with bags predominantly at the time, and then you did a few duffel bags. Do you never did suit? You never went into the suitcases. It was more, you know, um, small bags and you know, um, well, um, yeah, travel bags. Is is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, where do we start? Um, I have been following you. You know, I've been following the brand. I'm part of your email list. Um, I follow you on um, Instagram. I see all of the clever marketing you're, you're, you know, you've been um, you've been involved in, and um, I would like to to ask why shoes? Why didn't you go into suitcases um, like away? Um, I think there's an ex Warby Parker um, exec who founded um, away.com and you know they just do suitcases up against um samsonite so so why shoes why, why not um suitcases <laughs> So uh, we often saw a lot of these brands uh, who are producing both these 
um, as sort of complements to each other. Uh, for us, they were interesting for a variety of reasons. From the purely the product side of things, uh, they both can be unisex. Uh, they mm-hmm. both really are dependent on complex and high quality production, which we're familiar with. Uh, and they also had very different elements uh, that were very, very different from what we're currently doing. So there was different sizing, uh, but there was also um, the fact that it was an accessory that was commanding a lot of uh, discretionary impact from customers. So mm-hmm. with our bags, for instance, um, most of our customers are having these, these items are, and are you know, using them when they're traveling, and they're using them for 10 to 15 years as the host, right? That's mm-hmm. the quality that we with footwear, it's very, very different. This is something that people use in their everyday lives, um, and this is something that people often purchase a lot of. They, they might be a collector, or they might just be rooting for shoes, as you will. Um, so we found them very complimentary in that regard. Uh, it also allowed us to, to really release a lot more product than kind of what we were previously doing, um, just given the fact that this is a category and, and sort of styling that so so um two questions just digging deep into shoes um what kind of shoes are you going to be releasing to the market and what kind of price point um are you still tapping into your customer base who is your customer your story. Mm. Okay. Okay. And then what kind of shoes are you going into? Are you going to be manufacturing? Okay. Masculine or fem- fe- feminine? Both, okay. Unisex. Okay. So it's that lifestyle when they almost like they carry a bag most of the time when they carry a bag they're they're going somewhere um not necessarily to work so um would it complement um you know that um you know that that yeah would it complement um yeah that pip well not well would it would you just complement the bags while they're you know using the bags are you Suitcases or, uh, or briefcases, yeah. Um, so our, 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 our bags are a bit less formal, but we also found that 
do on the design side. There's a lot more you can do on the silhouette side, um, changing with outsoles and textures and the rest. It's much harder to have that sort of invention on the uh, and creativity on the formal shoe side. There's a few very core silhouettes and a few very core colors. Yep. Um, and that's kind of yeah there's there's a lot more flexibility in design you know in the, in the sneaker space um yeah true very very true what about your price point what, what price point are you looking um at for for your footwear for, for the sneakers Okay. Um, so that translates into pounds of like, like 120 to 150 perhaps. Uh, uh, yeah, w- <laughs> with a Brexit, uh, I, I'd, I'd say you know, slightly more, like 140, 150. Sure. It's ridiculous. So for- Okay. Uh, are they going to be still made in Italy? Um, in are they going to be European made or? Um... Yeah. So they're going to be in a combination of made in Italy and made in Spain. All of our leathers, our outsoles are all sourced in Italy. Um, most of our production is actually going to be happening in Spain. And so when we looking oh. at this category, we essentially went and visited almost a hundred different factories. We brought on a couple full-time people in Europe that had been in this footwear space for a very long time. Okay. Once we really labeled down the, the few countries that we're most interested in, France, Italy, Portugal, Spain, um, we then sought out who can make the best shoe for us at the price point, especially that we want to offer them. So for us, Italy has been an incredible place, place to produce footwear. Um, there are things that are challenging about producing Italy that we were able to, to sort of mitigate with a factory that we found in Spain. Okay. Um, Okay, so so you're 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 really in the premium you know end of things. Are you is 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 your target to make the shoes collectibles? You know, in, in a sense, because if you're doing sneakers, um, and you look at brands, you know, such as we we were talking earlier, such as Supreme, um, they as much as you know um, various subcultures use you know um, wear them on a regular basis um, you know some people are actually keeping them because of their intrinsic value you know over time um, so so is, is that if is, is that the plan um, to to potentially take you know a few of your collections to, to eventually become um, to, to make it to the sneakers Hall of Fame more or less. Mm. We want our customers to wear them to enjoy them, to have you know, great experiences in them. Um, shoes are one of the most important things that you wear you know, from a health standpoint, from an identity standpoint. Um, it just it says a lot about you. We want to produce things that say a lot about you. We don't want to have them sitting in a shoebox in your closet and never wear. Um, with that said, you know we are producing a lot of different styles over the next year, and we're going to be doing a lot of different collaborations. With those, both those things um, comes, you know, smaller runs in some things. 
some things that will never be replenished. So if there's a certain styling or collaboration that's most interesting and it gives a lot of hype and interest, um, perhaps it will become something that is coveted or the rest. We're not going into that with that intent. We're going into it with the intent of we're working with a certain partner or we're building a certain style. It's only because we think it's going to be the most interesting to our customer and nothing else. There's okay. nothing about we don't pick a customer based on there's a lot of hype around this brand. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't work perfectly with us, but we know that we can get a lot of hype around it. That's not how we make decisions with we Okay. Before we get into your investor, because um, you know, one point two million for physical products, you know, business is is quite substantial given your age. Um, I'd like to talk about um, what your marketing plans are. This is quite unique. Um, it's it's a luxury sneaker brand, a luxury footwear sub brand under you know Oliver Cable. You've you've got a lot lots of brand equity up until now. Um, how do you intend um, positioning? Um, the, the new footwear brand, Oliver Cable, um, are you going to, do you intend using celebrities? Is it still going to be social? Um, are you going to be working with influencers? Um, you know, these are things people wear every day. What's your target um, repeat? Um, your, 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 your target repeat business numbers in terms of, um, you know, how many returning customers do you, are you looking for and in what, what kind of window? Mm. Um, we hope that we'll be, we'll be introducing enough styles, but there will be things that are really interesting to our customers that they do want to repeat and are really interested in what we're doing. Um, from a, uh, a sort of positioning side of things, um, we do not find celebrities to be a great way to build a lot of brand equity because it really relies on someone else and what their story is and what their sort of We've often seen celebrities, you know, people are people and things happen. Um, and, you know, we don't want to rely our equity on someone else's actions and the rest. So we find it much more interesting to work with, um, you can call them ins influencers, but there's really anyone who sort of has a name on their sort of industry or specific area of expertise. This could be um, designers to certain creatives to photographers to illustrators and the rest. We find working with them to be much more interesting um, for a variety of reasons. One is the fact that uh, their engagement usually is, is much higher, uh, but they also have a, a very authentic voice. Mm. Um, they do not just take product because they're being paid a lot to do it. Mm. Um, a lot of times they already have, you know, let's say they're a photographer, they have a, a full-time position. This is not, you know, they have a great Instagram following. It's not because they take big... Um, you know, they work with big brands and take big dollars from mm -hmm. them. Um, it's because either their imagery is great or the way that they tell their story is very unique. We find mm -hmm. working with them to be much, one, much more interesting. Um, it allows us to work with a lot more people. And it's also, you know, people that we can associate with and, and there's not this sort of bureaucratic way of working with them or if you're going through um, reps and agencies or rest, it's I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, so, would would they pretty much pretty much um hang out in Instagram? Is is that the plan? Are you looking beyond Instagram to to other channels? So, from a promotional side of thing, 
still rely on three ingredients. Um, one is press, so we use them to tell our story. Yeah, you're heavy on press. Yep, we do that through editors. Um, secondly is social, and that's where we spend a lot of energy, uh, is, is telling our story through social channels, just knowing how much time people are spending on them, um, how interested they are in exploring and learning new things. Um, and, and, and thirdly is, is really, you know, through our email list and, and, and going through the communication channels that we currently already have. So email has been a big thing for us. Um, I can't stress the importance of it. It really is an opportunity to command, uh, you know, even if it is only 15 seconds, it's someone's direct time. They're not one swipe away from the next photo. They actually have to open up whatever you sent them and they're reading exactly whatever you showed them or yeah, I'm a subscriber to your email. Um, in your opinion, what are the biggest tips to listeners listening around email marketing to, to getting it right? You, 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 you've made mistakes and you've seen successes. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is clarity. Um, with email, a lot of times people want to get as much information in the email that they can, and it often just becomes too much, right? Mm. Okay, let's go back to, to the shoes and because I, I find it very interesting. You've got $1.2 million of cash and um, you need to spend it quite efficiently, you know, probably um, getting the right, um, well, human resources, the products inventory, making sure you're fully stocked over the next, you know, um, couple of years. And, you know, um, you're investing probably in, also in marketing. I, I suppose that's probably how you, you, you'd spend the money. Um, What's your product launch strategy um, for for the sneakers? How, how do you intend to? Yeah, what kind of lines do you, do you intend to, um, to to launch and when? So with the launch, we'll be launching on November fourteenth, and the way we're thinking about it is we want to um, do a few things. First is that we really want to tell the story of the product and why we're moving. So um, we're going to do that again through our three main channels. Okay. So there's a variety of sort of, sort of 
rewards that you can get based mm-hmm. on how many people you refer. Um, if you refer, I think it's two people, then you can get an actual sneak peek and see what the collection is going to look like. Oh, nice. Um, if you refer a few more people, you get early access to the product. If you refer more than that, you actually get discounted product. And the reason for this is that, again, we thought you know is incredibly important. We want to continue telling our story. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want people to, to, you know, that have this sort of insight or information to be able to tell people that they think would be interested about it and be, re- and be rewarded for telling people about that. Um, so those are the reasons that we really built that in. Um, from a sort of promotional side post-launch, what we're doing is a sort of unique um, way that we're going to be releasing silence. So the fact that we do not sell through wholesale um, and we do not work on a seasonal basis, we need to think about how we want to release new styles of new products. And what we've decided to do is we're actually going to be releasing new styles every single week. Right. With that, uh, we will be able to test a lot of new product, tell a, a, a mm. story, often go back to our customers and, and have something fresh and new for them to see uh, from a, a business side of things. Um, it allows us to really mitigate the risk that comes with yeah. The challenge is when you're working with factories, I'm sure a lot of you know, people that are listening have, have dealt with this, there's minimums that are needed. Mm. Um, perhaps it's not on a style role or a color side of things, but it's a, a production role. Mm. Mm. Um, so if you produce more SKUs, but have them in, in smaller units, you can do a lot more testing before. You know, if, if we were going to work on traditional side of things, we might have to produce you know, a thousand pairs of a certain style. Yeah. It's a very agile approach to, 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 to supply chain management and e-commerce in general. Um, and because you're direct to consumer, you can afford to, to do it. You know, um, you know traditionally, you, with a wholesale model, you know, given the fact that it's wholesale, you, ne- you need a big chunk. You need to invest a big chunk anyway to, to give your distributors or um, you know, your, your, your sales partners. And then, you know, but with this, it's so agile in the sense that you, you're drip feeding getting feedback and then that could lead on to 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 manufacturing more exactly. is that right there's two other parts that are better one mm. is the fact that we are you know we are producing smaller runs so mm. um product will be often sold out but it mm. sort of incentivizes our customers or potential customers to yeah. come in and, and really follow the brand and yeah. follow what we're doing because they know it No, I'm I'm keen to 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 watch markets and how you, you go the execution of all this because it sounds very 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 interesting because um, you're kind of taking a software approach you know to to this you know um um with with this agile you know um approach to 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 to, to web development or you know to, to software building you you, you 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 build things in chunks you know in small small chunks you know to 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 big. Um, for a big project rather than, you know, taking a big bang waterfall approach. So it'd be very, very, very interesting to see the execution. I think, you know, one other thing that we saw to be really interesting that we did not realize at the beginning was that it's actually incredibly beneficial for our manufacturers and our factories as well. Mm. They're used to traditional brands producing on a seasonal side of things. Mm. So they're busy for certain parts of the year, but very slow for other parts of the year. Mm. Mm. 
Okay. And you're going to be, it's going to be transparent pricing also. You're going to reveal, you know, the the, the, the pricing model for, for every, oh well, super. Okay, let's um, talk about your, how you raised, um, you know, the, the, the cash, the money to, 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 to fund this strategy. The strategy is solid. So I, I presume it might not have been that difficult to, to convince, you know, um, potential investors. Um, but but what what did it look like? Um, you know, looking for investors. Yeah, it was uh, it was very abnormal, if you will. So we went live. Um, we were approached uh, a few months later by an investor, or actually uh, not an investor, an entrepreneur, but a very wealthy one, um, who had built a, a billion dollar technology company. Well. How did he find out about you? Uh, he read an article about what we were doing. The press. <laughs> so powerful. And your story too. You know, it's not just the press. Don't give it just to the press. But the story is very compelling on both sides. Um, on, on the business side and the consumer side. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, you know, we had a lot of conversations, and, and as I said, he ended up funding the entire round. 
And it was with this mentality that we want to build something that's long-standing. This isn't something that's short-term. And we're going to invest into product primarily, but also into continually telling our story and growing our team as well. Okay. Is he is he doing it through um, an investment through through an investment entity, or is he doing it like by, by name? What's his name, and or is he doing it personally? He's he's doing it personally. His name is Michael Chambers. Michael Chambers. Okay. Uh, it, it's all personally done through him. He has no sort of separate investing entity or anything else. Um, he has invested in a variety of other startups across different industries, but he's still an entrepreneur. He's still the CEO of the company. Um, he's he's very active in the businesses that he's building, and he's he's very interested in being active in the companies that he's making investments. Is he going to be active in Oliver Cable? Uh, he's very active from a strategy side of things. Mm. So, you know, he has hired thousands of employees. He's worked through HR. He's worked through um, accounting and finance and um, a lot of these things that no matter what the strategy, what the industry is, there are these common business themes that, um, you know, to be frank, I need help with and he's there to help me and, and work with me through those those elements. Okay. So, from a sort of industry side of things, you know, he's not a fashion expert or, or a, um, an e-commerce expert, but um, that's not why we brought him on. No. So we have, people are willing to, you know, we've found having mentors be incredibly important, mm. and we work with people on a daily basis that are building their brands. They are founders and CEOs of companies that we really love and respect, like a way that you mentioned earlier, mm. a way that I mentioned. Mm. These are the um this is a hard question you don't have to answer it so or not and um, what kind of equity are you letting go of okay okay sounds good it's, it sounds to me like it, rather than a round of funding, this sounds, he sounds more to me like a co-founder, but, you know, with you controlling and, you know, running, you know, everything on a day-to-day -day basis, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it very much does. You know, when I was working in the inventor um, capital before, you know, I went to business school, mm -hmm. um, there's a, a very specific approach that most of these funds take to investing in startups. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very interesting. Um, another question um, I had um, had to do with, I forget, but um, yeah, um, with him and you, with regards to, yes, um, you, your plans to make an Oliver Cable a billion dollar company. Is that a question? 
Yes. Uh, are you looking to build? Exactly. Well, how ambitious are you looking? How ambitious is this venture? Yeah. Okay. the value yeah first Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think that that it's it's really interesting um, with what you've done thus far and um, your foray into into in, into footwear. Um, I'm really keen to, as I said earlier, I'm really really keen to see the execution with regards to um, the drip feed, you know, approach. Um, I reckon it's going to um, make it more exclusive there's going to be a sense of scarcity um, and, you know, people would be looking forward, you know, um, to, to, to seeing, you know, the new designs, especially when um, the, the first few designs were are very fresh and interesting. So I'm, I'm really keen to, 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 see, to, to see, see, see it in, you know, come November. Would you be accessible as like a brand Tom's, like the brand Tom's, Tom's shoes? Um, you know, they're just because of the price point stand of things, they're so much different than we are. Mm. They're retailing 30 to 40 US dollars. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah, they're cheap. We are retailing for 170 US dollars. Yeah, it, it reminds Yeah, direct-to-consumer, um, like Gymshark in the UK, they're, they're a fast-growing um, active wear company and every single transaction goes through their website. Every single transaction goes through their Shopify website, nowhere else. It's amazing. 
and that discipline to to not get tempted you know a lot of people will come knocking at the door you know giving you offers you can <laughs> you should not refuse you know if liquidity is an issue and you know you just refuse totally refuse Mm-hmm. When you start selling through XYZ retailer with a clerk who's completely underpaid and is not incentivized to tell your story as authentic as it should be, yeah. um, it's not going to turn out the way you want it to. Yeah. And you know, you look at example after example, people that can control their messaging and their brand and really have their arms around what their brand means and let their customers sort of also flush that out with them. You don't have to rely on another retailer to make sure that their brand doesn't diminish. Yeah, it's almost like Apple. Um, almost, uh, they they control. I'd say like you know ninety, well, seventy to ninety percent of of their their entire you know supply chain is direct to consumer. I might be wrong, and yeah, you know. No, I, I think Apple's actually a great example. Yeah. 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 What the iPhone is all about. It's what a MacBook Pro is all about. Um, it's just that singular message of solidity, really. It's just something solid and control, control all through. I mean, Scott, we could go on and on and on and on. It's you know been a pleasure having you again. And as I said, I'm really looking forward to November. And congratulations, <laughs> congratulations. I, I, I'm, I'm up. Call, consider that. Um, consider it a yes, please. I will love to to catch up. You know, um, you know, months ahead, so we can get feedback from you. <laughs> okay. All right. Cheers. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye.